What is up, everyone? Welcome to Season 7 of the Sight and Sound Podcast. Hard Guy Media here. Uh, Eric and I are here to bring you a news and notes debut episode. We got a lot of shit to cover as we have been on hiatus. Since May 24th was the posting of the last episode, so almost uh, almost a three-month hiatus. And it's uh, good to be back as we enter the seventh season, the sixth year of doing this shit. Hell yeah, man. Glad to be back. It's been, uh, it's been, I mean, we always talk about how fun it's, it's been and how we break it up. It's good to get back, uh, get the ball rolling again and get back to it. Yeah, we got, I mean, we were going to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre and rank the films and, and talk everything Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, but we're going to hold off until BT returns from his vacay. And when Sean's available, Sean just didn't never sent a list. Never confirmed whether or not he would be attending this episode tonight. Just a thumbs up gif, I think. He's got to be. Uh, he's usually home by now, so I don't know. But regardless, we'll be doing that. Um, we'll be doing that for the next episode. Uh, I figured that was that was uh, fitting, just because our very first two episodes in 2017, we dealt with we were paying tribute to George Romero, we were playing tribute to Toby Hooper. So I felt it was fitting. Of course, the 50 year anniversary of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this month. I think it was this month. Oh, oh, you know, in the story, it was you know. It's not the it's not the fiftieth anniversary yet. It's the fifty fiftieth anniversary of when the events took place in the film, August eighteenth, nineteen seventy three. So that would be the fiftieth anniversary. So I guess next year is technically the fiftieth anniversary, but we'll do that next episode. But we got plenty to talk about uh, today, Eric. We got a lot to catch up. The last three months has been pretty fucking wild. But let's start fresh with some horror movies that we have seen recently. Now, you and I just went and saw Last Voyage of the Demeter, uh, Dracula, Dracula spinoff of one of the chapters in Bram Stoker's Dracula about his voyage from Romania to Carfax Abbey in England, in London, England. Um, it was a chapter in the book, but we got a whole movie based on that. And uh, obviously we saw some of that especially we got like a, a really good glimpse of it in Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola in 92 about you know it was very brief in there but we got a whole movie on that excursion right. of the of the sale from uh Romania to England and I would give you the complete honest truth I thought it was an awesome movie I thought it was a fun throwback style monster movie um you know creature feature if you will it definitely you know the cgi you're not going to avoid it in 2023 unfortunately and True. i don't think it's too bad it could have been way worse um but it was fun and it was a, a well-paced movie under two hours which i fucking love um but Just i know the hair you, under two <laughs> yeah but not a not a bad flick at all. Good acting, um, creepy. I love seeing monsters on film. I feel like uh, too often now we don't get enough monsters. Everyone wants to have possession or some weird, you know, psychological thriller, family drama. Uh, you know, there's got to be that. I miss monster movies, and this was a fun monster movie. For sure, I'm right there with you. I mean, 
I think it's really cool in 2023 to get a, you know, like whatever you want to call it, spinoff continuation story of Dracula. You know, uh, I think that's amazing. And you're right. I think, you know, the way they did it uh, was was they went about it in a really good way. I mean, you're not going to avoid CGI, but they did use a lot of practical effects and a lot of the set was actually built like the ship and such. Which is amazing um, in 2023. Correct. Yeah. Like, so it's just so rad. I mean, other like, I guess I could be nitpicky and say like, there's certain things I would have done or whatever, but all in all, I thought it was a great movie. I, I kind of explained it like, and maybe you can agree or disagree on this. Like it had the pace of like, of those old forties and fifties movies. Right. But just obviously with in 2023, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you were a fan of that classic horror, you would, be a fan of this um not just because it's a dracula story but just because of the way it was shot and the characters and the storytelling and 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 the way it kind of all came together yeah i feel like i feel like if you would have got this in the 80s or the 70s people would have fucking this would be one of the more beloved films uh in dracula lore um because it did have elements that's the thing too it's it's where we're so many years uh, past when all those great vampire flicks have happened. So you got a little bit of everything in this one. You got a little feelings of Nosferatu. You got a little Salem's Lot, Hammer Films, the the classic Bram Stoker, you know, uh, adaptation with Bela Lugosi. A little bit of, you know, you get a little bit of mix of everything as far as the influence of Dracula films. And it's really fun to, it's, it was a really fun watch. And, uh, right. Yeah, it's and, uh, it's fun to and, see like the the director um being a horror guy, like a horror fan, like you know he directed the Autopsy of Jane Doe and uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and uh, his movie that kind of got him on the map was that Troll Hunter. So that was another cool thing. It's not just like it was a, someone who actually cared about the genre, who uh, who you know who was behind the camera on this. So yeah, I never saw. I haven't seen. St- scary stories tell in the dark but i did see troll hunter and i did see uh autopsy of jane doe which i love yeah yeah all all, all great movies for sure but th- i just think it adds a little more like we always talk about sometimes these studios or whoever's uh in charge of a movie and maybe they don't they're seeing more dollar signs which i guess every person who makes a movie wants to see that too but i i just think there's something extra when the person actually cares about the genre and they want to uh you know what I mean? Like they want to do right by it. Yeah, they have, but they're bought in to the to the genre. It's not just making a film and it just happens to be in the genre. They're bought into the idea of making a film, a genre film. Yeah. Um, and the the director was recently, and I know we talked about it, it was recently on Mick Garris's podcast. So if anybody you know has seen this movie and and the, the, he gives some really good insight as well, so check that out. So for. What else, what else have we seen? I saw the new Insidious uh, Red Door. Did you see that? I actually have not seen that one. Uh, but I just read today, like, it's one of the highest grossing horror movies in a while, right? Yeah, it's I the saw. highest grossing Insidious, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was saw, good. Patrick yeah, Wilson yeah. directed. Perfect. I mean, he did he... Did he just direct or did he did he have any pro I don't even know. Like I wonder if he had any process in like the writing aspect of it or 
Uh, I think he had a little bit of, uh, he definitely had a little direction because he talks about just kind of where he wanted to take the film. So yeah, um, and you how, know, yeah, how'd you, how'd you feel about it? How did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. Good installment. Um, honestly, uh, it's it was definitely cool. Um, especially you know, twelve years has passed, and to see that kid that played the son Dalton grown up and now in college like it's a it's a mind fuck to be like holy shit that movie was 12 years yeah. ago now now like uh but it's cool uh it was definitely better than the the last uh the lost key or whatever the fuck it was um uh that was all right and it's right. and you know i really i think they've it's been weeks since the second one the first two were really good the first one being amazing um second one being a good follow-up um but yeah, this one's probably third in line. I thought it was really fun, good. Um, but you know, I'm kind. I'm not gonna lie. I'm burnt out on the fucking, the paranormal, the fucking, uh, the, any kind of paranormal or like psychological stuff. Like I'm burnt out. Give me monsters. Give me the fucking monsters. <laughs> like I'm. I'm. And don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm kind of burnt out on the possession movies. But we did get a trailer. We got teasers, and now we got official trailers for. David Gordon Green's The Exorcist Believer, which is a direct sequel to the very first film. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, me too. Uh, yeah. I, you and you and I are, are fans of David Gordon Green and, and and we know that, you know, we know Christopher Nelson uh of the new Halloweens is behind the special effects for this. I genuinely think it looks and, and I'm with you. I just want to point out that I'm with you on the paranormal uh stuff you know uh, stuff some stuff gets played out but this i'm like actually genuinely excited for same same um so yeah the trailers look good i, I think it looks good um and coming again out in Octo- coming thing. out coming out in october on the eve of the 50th anniversary of the exorcist yeah. like it just kismet obviously uh r.i.p freaking uh yes yes he passed uh director of the original exorcist film uh william friedkin um so uh bummer but hey what a year to pass when you know you, you pass the fucking torch in the new exorcist film for sure and it's uh, cool that uh gonna do the same thing with halloween where he's bringing back you know obviously uh a, a character from the original um, yeah so i uh, without got, giving too much away yeah we gotta talk about the fathom events that uh that the that fathom's doing for the 35th anniversary of John Carpenter's They Live, getting released into theaters for a Fathom Fathom events, uh, special screening on like a Sunday and a Wednesday in September, or I think in October. And then in September, Christine, the 40th anniversary of Christine, we're getting a Fathom special events uh, re-release into theaters for two nights only on a Sunday and a Wednesday as well. So Carp getting some love. He's loving that Fathom events money $15 a, a pop I, I hope he sees a little coin from that because uh I might have to get out and go see both of those in theater just because my love for those films runs extremely fucking deep Christine and they live as I know it does they do for you as well yeah I mean just seeing anytime you could see any of like the classics on on the big screen you know no matter how they're showing it uh, I'm a fan of it I think the fathom stuff is great I think that's great they bring back all these classic movies of all genres. So definitely would like to see that uh, or to see those in the theater for sure. Um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think 
what early next year we're getting another scream film uh obviously this october <laughs> i think it's the the first friday in october we finally got news on the pet cemetery film which has now officially been titled pet cemetery bloodlines which is looks like it's a prequel to the 2019 film um but that looks like it could be great great cast david duchovny uh playing uh bill baderman um that i think and it's taking place in 1969 so in the story or in the original in the original uh book in the book uh as well as the 89 adaptation you know they stuck with you know, it was the during the Second World War when uh, Timmy Baderman got killed on his way back from the war, and then Bill Baderman buried him in the pet cemetery. This takes place in 1969, so I hope that they do like a Vietnam thing where Timmy dies in Vietnam and then gets sent back, and then Bill Baderman then buries him in the pet cemetery because that whole and I know I've talked to you about this before. Everyone in for the 89 film was terrified of Zelda. I was always terrified of the Timmy Baderman shit. Like that freaked me out way more than. <laughs> yeah, I I think yeah, obviously it takes a backseat to Zelda for sure. I mean, I think a, to the normal fan for sure. So I think it's cool. I mean, I it's like we always talk about. I, I'm excited to see some of these stories expanded upon. You know what I mean? So I, uh, whether they do it justice, you know, I, I I guess that's for everyone to decide. But just being a fan, how could he not be excited? You know what I mean? Well, Henry Thomas, we got Henry Thomas is in it. Uh, yeah, Samantha, I mean, just an all-star. all-star Samantha Henry Mathis Thomas. from American Psycho, uh, a million different other things. Um, and, yeah, uh, Pam Greer playing Marjorie Washburn. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be great. We got Jackson White playing a young Judd Crandall. I think it's going to be great. Directed by, this gives me hope, directed by uh, Lindsay Beer. Get Pet Cemetery. I think maybe it, maybe she's going to prove that it takes a woman's touch to really connect the Pet Cemetery films on uh, through because Mary Lambert doing the Pet Cemetery one and two. I know people think you know goof on Pet Cemetery two, but I love that film. Um, so it's gonna be I, yeah, how it this turns out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm excited. I I think they're you know I think the cast like any anytime you see something get get uh, announced. It's intriguing. And then when you see that, like, oh, there's actors or directors behind it that, you know, you can get behind them as well. I think it kind of speaks volumes as to hopefully, like, how good it's going to be. So, right. Um, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's coming out right now. Unfortunately, it got scrapped. It got pushed back and then it got completely scrapped from the 2023 release lineup from Warner Brothers. Um, but they have not mentioned what is going on with the Salem's Lot film. Yeah, it's really strange with that one, right? Just kind of like uh, swept off the face of the earth. It seems like it was supposed to come out last September, and then it got pushed back to. It said it was coming out in twenty four, and then when Warner released, uh, when all the studios released their like schedules for the year, it was nowhere to be found on it. And there's no like I've heard nothing. It has been a ghost town as far as news on that film. Yeah, I mean, same. I, I mean, I haven't heard shit, so you would probably know more than me. I just know that what the brass tacks of it, that it was there, and now it's gone, and I haven't heard shit, so. 
yeah so hopefully uh it's not a doomed film uh i imagine we will see a release at some point i'm sure it's probably something as simple as they don't want to release it in theaters and they want to release it on a fucking app um i would assume uh but yeah there's we got halloween season yeah upon us man we are the halloween shit is filtering in fucking stores spirit halloweens are opening uh the halloween season is upon us and that's um obviously it's <laughs> a special time of the year yeah man it's about to be the best time of the year i can't wait just all aspects of fall is amazing halloween is amazing uh we're we're heading full full on into it i know and the real t- the real jesus uh the retail world it uh some places are already there, so yeah, I'm excited. And I really, I really don't think anybody can. I mean, we have we have listeners from obviously uh, all parts of the United States and elsewhere, somewhat. Uh, but no one, you don't really know what a fall is until you've been in the Northeast for a fall. You don't. Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's no other place in the in the country that's like it. I mean, there's obviously, I'm sure other places have some good seasons, but the Northeast, like no other, uh, not to toot its horn, but uh, beep, 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 beep. But uh, if I could just really quickly, I just to circle back on uh, stuff we've seen lately, I just wanted to give a little shot. I did see uh, A24's talk to me. Um, oh, yeah. What did you uh, think yeah, of that? Because I, I can't remember what you said. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, it, it's. I guess the story is teetering on possession. I guess it's like a possession, but it's a different, it's a different take on it. It's kind of, you know, comedic uh, at times, but uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a cool, a cool little story. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's funny because it kind of, the you know, in the movie, basically what is happening is uh, one of the kids gets into possession of a old, uh, it's like a, I think it's like a gypsy's uh, hand, basically that's been uh, embalmed. Uh, and uh, what's the process that happens after that? I'm I'm blanking on that. But basically, if you hold this hand and you say "talk to me," you connect with like the other side. But it kind of touches on like uh, how kids just do dumb shit, but it's like funny. You know what I mean? It, it just brings like a new how everything is on a phone and it, it just blends all these elements into it, but it's an Australian film, uh, uh, Australian directors and, uh, an Australian cast, but, uh, it was cool. I thought it was cool. And I think they already, I think it did all right in the theaters. They already, uh, ordered a sequel for it, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's worth a watch. Anybody who hasn't seen it, definitely you as well, of course. Yeah, that uh, that definitely will. Be. I'm sure it'll pop up on demand right around Halloween, October time. So that's probably that'll probably yeah, be sure. when I when I check it out. Yeah, I'm eager to hear. What, like, obviously, you. I'd like to hear what you had to say about it. But I think all in all, it was it was a good it was a good horror movie for sure. Now we also have um, we we should probably talk about Monster Mania that we attended. Uh, we can we should ago. always always. So last weekend, weekend Monster Mania, what, 55? Is it? Monster, was it 55? 55, I believe. Monster Mania 55, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, obviously, we've been to, I don't know, a lot over a the lot, last yes. 10 plus years, 
12 years, whatever. It's two, two to two, at least two years uh, every year for a long time. And then now well, with, the Oaks, with the Oaks, yeah. uh, with, they added a show really close to my house here. So now it's three shows a year. Usually, yeah. So. Yeah. We've done at least two monster manias. You sometimes, most of the time, three over the three over the last three years. Um, and then at least two uh, on top of, you know, go like I've been to chiller to like here and there the yeah. past few years and just like all over the place. But um, a, a lot of them. Um, but Monster Mania, obviously the biggest in the Northeast, uh, probably the biggest in the as far as a strict horror con in the East Coast. I don't know if anything's bigger. I don't know of any Eastern. Well, yeah, I mean, you got like comic cons, but exactly. That's not like. I would say that on the East Coast, it's it's, uh, it's got to be the biggest, I would think. But but uh, they got Kiefer Sutherland. Um, obviously, was their big uh, marquee guest, and obviously, and uh, Jason Patrick from Lost Boys as well. Um, Billy Worth, Alex Winter, um, Keith David. Uh, they they had a lot there, but I obviously went there uh, as you did uh, to meet Jason Patrick, uh, Matt Kiefer which was fucking like surreal kind of just because Kiefer is just, you know, I'd never grew. I mean, same thing with Jason Patrick too, because Lost Boys has been ingrained in me since I was a child. It's my favorite movie, whatever. But like being able to see Kiefer, who is legit, like just been a movie, a huge movie star my entire life and just seen, you know, a legit huge movie star uh, that's transcended five, you know, decades of, you know, being in film. It's uh, it was a treat to be able to kind of meet him. I mean, you pay, pay a hundred bucks, but he, I did get that 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 slick, smooth, suave Kiefer uh, auto on something, and obviously made sure I uh, got one for you as well. So that was just being able to meet Kiefer was pretty fucking rad, and to finally meet Jason Patrick as well. Um, it's really, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty great. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, what were, what are your thoughts, Eric, on being, uh, obviously being a big, uh, Lost Boys fan as well. Like you were, because the line was so long and, and, and only I had the VIP, but, uh, you now are a proud owner of a Kiefer autograph. Like it's that's yeah. pretty. It's pretty surreal to be able to say like you know, it's just uh, being a fan of him our whole lives. Uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's. I guess it, to it, to a degree, it's kind of. I I understand how stupid it may seem to some people. Like oh wow, you're you're that obsessed with just getting an autograph. But when you know, yeah. I look at it like just I respect his art so much and everything he's done. Like that means something to me. I agree with you. It's no different than, I mean, sports memorabilia is fucking huge in America yeah. and it's no different in my opinion. Like I love, we both love sports. We both love movies, you know, uh, a key for Sutherland auto is like a Jim Kelly auto to you. You know what I mean? Like I, I, right. think, I don't think it's ludicrous at all, but yeah, I mean, I thank you obviously tremendously for getting the key for auto. So I now have uh, the you know him and Jason Patrick uh, on on the uh, Lost Boys Colonial Theater uh, poster that QFS Chris did, and then you have you know all you know 
you, uh, Billy Worth and Alex Winter on yours as well. I think it, Monster Manias are, are an amazing thing if you're a horror fan. Uh, anyone who goes there a lot will know that they're a bit chaotic, and I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds there, but uh, it's a great horror. It's a great convention, but it has its its flaws. Um, but yeah, I mean, meeting Jason Patrick, he was super nice, and uh, I, I, you know, most everyone you've ever met is, is, is fairly cool. Some people don't talk as much. Some people talk more, but... Um, I haven't had that bad experience. Like I haven't I had that one bad experience. Like I'm usually pretty short with people too. Like unless yeah. like you're a little bit engaging, like I'll, I'll, I'll pop something extra to you. Um, like Jason Patrick just seemed like super stoked. And I told him about the time, you know, when I lived uh, down in Oneana and they screened rush, like randomly a 35 millimeter print of rush. And that was the first yeah, time yeah. I saw it. Like, uh, you know, that was cool to just like tell him and he was, he seemed stoked on it. And, uh, yeah, I I would say that I'm with you. I don't think I've ever had like a really negative experience. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been people who are like, and you know, me and you are, we could talk to anybody. I Some people are awkward. You know what I mean? Like I've been oh, had yeah, awkward for experiences. Sure. Like as much as we thought, I thought I met Adam Green and he signed my poster. He was nice, but that was, it was awkward. It was definitely awkward. Uh, and then, you know, I got other people like Bill Mosley who talks your ear off or, or you know, whoever i'm sure you have a lot of stories too it's just it's an interesting thing you know and uh and me and you usually keep it fairly short like you said because we're realistic people as well we don't expect them to sit there and listen to all these like i'm not yeah i'm not like i mean not to 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 play cool guy but like i'm not there to be like man you fucking like i don't like I don't need to tell fucking Kiefer like that Lost Boys is literally like I have a Lost Boys tattoo like Lost Boys is literally my favorite movie. Right. It's connected. I connect Lost Boys to literally every single person that's pretty much been in my life. I have some kind of connection. <laughs> like I don't need to tell him that. Like yeah, I know yeah, that. Exactly. Like he knows. Like these motherfuckers, they know how much Lost Boys means to fucking exactly. people. They and fucking like- they signed a million fucking Lost Boys things more than anything. And guess what? Kiefer, a huge fucking star, been in huge giant fucking movies. Guess what most of his fucking table was of stuff. I mean, Avi, everybody else was bringing stuff up to him, which was mostly Lost Boys. But you know what the bulk of the shit on his table was? Lost Boys. And yes, that's like one of the few horror movies he's been in. But what does that say to you? Like that you no one's going up there and being like, I mean, it's a great film and I fucking love it. And it's a Schumacher film. But like no one's like no one's like, you know, like, oh, I want to I want some I want to I want phone booth sign like and phone booth is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I true. love that movie. The same thing. Like, he was in 24, and 24 is a huge show. I saw two people with 24 things. And I feel like, no offense to... I'm sure there are people who are, like, diehard 24 fans, which I like the show, oh, too. Absolutely, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those people are probably, like, also, like, people who are, collect, who are like, reselling. But, right. um, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I met, you know, obviously we met some of the people from the Monster Squad keep it short with them but you know obviously this movie is my favorite movie but how many times they hear that even even though you know they're not like mega mega stars but they probably fucking heard that thing thousands and thousands and thousands of times i mean you know what i mean it's like well that's why i like i like the guys like the first person i ever met and as did sean and brian because we went to our first convention together first person we ever met was tom atkins and it was literally like the perfect person to meet because yes you've met tom atkins too he literally just like smacked his hand like i've told this story a million times but like just smacks his hands together. All right, boys, what are we getting? What's how how's the weekend going? This is great. And just like did a little like fucking like 
disco dance on the other side of the table to come over and shake our hands and just throw his arm around us before even signing anything. He wanted to just fucking mingle with people. And then like meeting Gunnar Hansen right after that and him telling like a 20 minute story to me. I didn't even yeah. try to prompt that. Like I was just like, I just made like a, like an offhand comment about the mafia involvement with the distribution of, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he went on like a little, he had a whole bit like that he wanted to tell. And, right. and you're not always going to get that. Like I know Brian had a very short and stifled <laughs> experience with Malcolm McDowell that he won't live down. Um, and yeah, that Malcolm, acts- Malcolm <laughs> high handed. I'm giving the old big league. Oh, yeah. But you know, what's crazy about those old or the early conventions we went to not to get too again, too far into the weeds. It's like, that is even like night and day from how it would be now because oh yeah, everything is so has to be so much more fast paced now because even people who don't I mean not everyone but you know what I mean like everything is just so on a bigger scale like the conventions blew up like they were getting yeah. bigger when we first started going which you know you're better at the years but like um now it's like a different world like and you know we, we listen to Sean Clark who's a, an agent with these people and he. You know, he's mentioned how like the boom of the conventions. It's like they're it's, it's just thinking about those early ones, like how different it is. You know. Well, honestly, like I'm grateful that we were a part of like the before the the huge boom. And honestly, there's no denying it was The Walking Dead that that sparked like the 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 craziness yeah. of it for sure. Um, I think there was like three things that I noticed a big difference. Uh, Walking Dead is one. Stranger Things is another. And not that we've been to a lot of conventions where they have a lot of Stranger Things people. The other one, believe it or not, and you might is is uh, the resurrection of the It movies. Do you remember those Monster Manias where like they had a couple of people from the It the It remakes and Yeah, especially because that movie like, was that movie broke records too, you know. Yeah, I just feel like that was another one that just really kind of like had a, another wave of like people who like younger people especially who maybe like were who got into the genre because of that which is not always a bad thing i just those were like the three things that i think about like walking dead was obviously fucking huge um at one point and uh, stranger things is huge now of course and well they'll forever be huge but yeah those are like you're you were so right like that was a thing that definitely like sparked um the the circuit a little bit more you know yeah it's um like i said and that's the thing too is like no matter how chaotic some of these can get and i will say the my realistically there's a bunch of gripes that i could list off about any convention um right but i will say this about monster mania they have outgrown the double tree and the former hilton whatever it is in cherry hill they need to get out of there um, they've outgrown it. Whatever perks they're getting, they need to look past. Um, and they need to focus more on, um, a, a ton of things. I think safety. Um, I and I know it's been super limited since the fire marshal came in there and straightened things out a couple years ago. But, um, I, I constantly like look around and worry about if there were some to be some kind of emergency. It does get scary in there but um oaks i will say is like a perfect venue and i love and there was huge stars those terrifier 
cast members were and, and Damian Leone, obviously the director last year, they signed like hours and hours after it was supposed to be ended. Um, but their lines kept moving and I feel like there's a better flow there because there's more space. And that's how I think, I think a convention should be held there and not a hotel. Um, but that's one man's opinion. Um, but regardless, I am fucking amped for Oaks. Um, a little uh, bummed at the VIPs. I cannot believe that they are gone. I'm, I, I don't know. It sucks, I have, but... I have hoped that there was because there was limited VIP. There wasn't a million VIPs. So only VIPs can meet the stars save for like a couple hundred people. But um, yeah, I look forward to Oaks. I mean, I mostly just look forward to browsing vendors and fucking and chilling with the crew for the weekend. That's what I look forward to the most. So um, yeah, it was a good time. Always a great time, actually. But yeah, it's um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Conventions, movies, the Halloween season. Um, I guess to to cap off this uh, episode, now that we're you know season seven, six years in this bitch, um, you know what's uh, I get you know actually we'll give we'll give everybody that's checking this episode out a little teaser of what we're gonna cover. And so, obviously, we we already announced that we're going to be covering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and ranking the films. We're also going to be covering uh, Creepshow 2. We're going to be covering Wes Craven's 1982 Swamp Thing. Labor Day weekend, we're going to be covering Stand By Me. We're going to do Top 10 Albums of 2003. And then October... We got a split month for October. We got half Stephen King adaptation month like we did last year. And we're doing Cujo in the dark half. And then we're doing Halloween four and five. We've covered we've covered the three newer Halloweens. We've covered the original Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween three. We have not done four and five. So those last two weeks, we're going to do four and five. And the first two weeks of October, we're going to do Cujo in the dark half. Just a stacked lineup, stacked. Stacked. If you if you're into if you're into what we're we're spewing, this is it. And th- those Stephen King, I, there's something about the Stephen King adaptation films. Whenever we do those, there's so much fucking fun doing. Sometimes they come back in Graveyard Shift last year. Those I look back as some of the most fun episodes. I don't know why. And like when we did Christine, uh, Silver Bullet. Whenever we do any kind of Stephen King adaptation, I always have so much fun with those. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think because they're so nostalgic and they mean so much to us, it's always good when we can... I mean, most of the stuff we cover, well, you know, means a lot to us, but something about that stuff, you know? Yeah, big time. And you're covering, obviously, horror films with uh, with Stephen King, you know, ideas and script, you know, he whether he, you know, they it's based off the book, like Stephen King's print is on it, too, so it's extra special there. And, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh Eric, what have you picked up recently? I picked up the uh, laser scan 4K uh, MVD did of uh, Swamp Thing. I've yet to watch it. Uh, I have seen comparisons side by side with the Screen Factory Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And the colors look more vibrant. There's a wider color palette on uh, from what for this uh, transfer. 
uh, seemingly looks great. I can't wait to watch it. It includes both the unrated European cut, which was in the, you know, the initial DVD MGM DVD run that was banned because uh, Adrian uh, bared, uh, bared it all. But um, and then the theatrical cut or the, you know, the I guess the theatrical cut or whatever, the standard uh, edited release that Screen Factory released. Um, so, yeah, those we got those. I got that in the mail and I can't wait to check that out. What about you? Have you picked up? That's that's mainly all I've gotten in the mail aside from just some pickups yeah. at Monster Mania. Yeah, I really haven't. I'm not going to lie. I haven't got too much. I mean, we both picked up uh, the Robert England doc, uh, which the name is escaping me right now. What is this again? It's. Uh, I'm trying to think what it's called. I have no idea. But the Robert England documentary we picked up from Monster Mania from Diabolic. Uh, so we watched that. And then the only other thing I really picked up lately is just the the Vestron, My Best Friend's a Vampire, which I know you got as well. But Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a lot of fun to revisit that. I mean, I have the. I know we have the DVDs, but it was cool to get a nicer, nicer transfer of that, and so it's never been released on Blu-ray. So, yeah, true, true. And now, if we were talking vinyl, um, which we don't have to, but if we were, then you know, because I'm a psychopath like you are, and I just I feel like every day I get online and there's a pre-order for somebody's re-releasing this, some the new record coming out every day and it's just kind of killing me uh but yeah so i have a bunch of stuff pre-ordered right now but which i'm sure you do as well i know we have a couple of the same things pre-ordered so uh yeah i uh actually it just shipped finally the linnea quigley horror workout vinyl actually just shipped um so i, I, I should, should be expecting that soon what uh what color is yours because i saw some of the variants were sick so the one variant, which was for mail order only, if you're signed up for the Terror Vision uh, Club membership, and yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like three hundred fifty dollars for the year, but you get like every you get everything that they release. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth its money. So that limited edition was clear with a pink. Yeah, that's uh, the like pink, I saw that looks pink. Yeah. Well, like a pink splat, not splatter. It's like pink like and a, black, right? Like pink in clear, but then with a half yeah. black splatter. And yeah, then, yeah, and, yeah. and then the one that is the common variant, which you can still get. Actually, they they actually have uh, leftovers, so I would advise uh, trying to get your hands on that. Is uh, I I don't know what you call it. Like it's uh. It's like split uh, orange and purple kind of, but it's not split. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, I don't That's know what it. that, what you cr like crossed uh, purple and orange with white splatter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you're, you're a member for uh, whatchamacallit? Um, no, unfortunately I am not. Um, I just like those, this, the, the vinyl subscriptions and anyone listening, uh, hopefully they're still interested because we, we love vinyl, but I, I understand the vinyl subscription stuff. It just, it's ex it is expensive and, and so that stuff sketches me out sometimes just with the delays you know because I know waxwork you had some issues with waxwork yeah kind of so but that's cool that so th the color you have is is the the purple clear? and orange the purple and oh, orange oh that one yeah so that one they're sick yeah the sick variants super sick yeah I will say that about TerraVision TerraVision has literally some of the best variants in all of the vinyl game um 
And then I'm waiting for that Finch, what it is to burn pre-order to finally ship. Yeah, uh, waiting for all those variants of the Better Lovers uh, EP that I ordered. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think know, that's I all. That. I'm I, oh, the Bronx. Got we got it. the Bronx self-titled. We're waiting on too. Yeah, the Bronx self-titled is still out there. I didn't even again like I I order these and I forget about the dates and then and then you just ordered the Twitching Tongues just did the re-release right? You ordered a bunch of those, right? Yeah, yeah. I almost forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, they re <laughs> they remastered, remixed, and remastered in Love There Is No Law. And released uh, three different variants, uh, all fucking sicker than dog shit. So that was really cool. It's really cool that they not only did uh, a re-release and a a full remaster remix of Sleep Therapy, but they did it for the 10th anniversary of In Love There Is No Law, just all the same year. Um, Smart lads. Smart lads, as it were. Um, Taylor Young obviously does an amazing job, as always. uh, Master behind the board, so... Yeah, a uh, uh, bunch of stuff coming in. <laughs> yeah, it's got yeah. I mean, the Bronx had the Bronx uh, that we talked about. I have uh, this band I really like. This metal band I think I showed you called Spirit Adrift. Kind of a yeah, yeah. Throwback. They their new records. Uh, I ordered that. That should be coming. Uh, Baroness uh, has a new record. I pre-ordered that. Uh, what color is it? Well, Baroness did some. They have this last record. They did an absurd amount of no color. i mean like what's the color because don't they always name their records after colors uh this one is um what is the name of this one actually i think it's called stone but i don't but think you know they definitely did color. like one of their albums yeah, was yeah, yellow no, green red they, blue every record that they've done is a color but i think this one is a change of pace i don't think they did a color for this one i think it's called uh something i think it's called stone or something like that but they did a cool thing with the variance for this is where they they kind of did the variance named after some of the songs. So oh, mine is like a ooh, that's cool. Yeah, mine's like a red with like all different colors. The color is called like beneath the rose, but it's like red, and then there's like uh, yellow, green, and blue splatter, I guess. And then, but yeah, and then uh, Gaslight Anthem pre-ordered their record. The Menzingers just dropped a new record to pre-order today. I ordered that, which is breaking news. And the uh, last thing I guess I'll say is that Liam Gallagher just dropped a live record. I pre-ordered that, but I haven't got it yet, even though it's out. So nice. Yeah, there's a that's the thing. Vinyl is just I keep, you know, I, I keep waiting for the I don't know if vinyl is going to die. I, I think it's here to stay. The resurgence. It's not just a resurgence anymore. I think it's here to stay. There's too much of the novelty of the collectability of it on top of like just how sick the variants look and just it being a way for bands to make money because you could release a CD and no one owns CD players. Um, and even if they do like you're only, what do you, what can you realistically sell a CD for? It's, it's much more uh, advantageous of an artist to be like, well, how about we do, you know, a thousand variants of this record and then in two years we can release another thousand of them and it's super limited and it has this cool shit and we can sell it in a pack a package and i think you're right i mean yeah you're right man vinyl vinyl not to cut you yeah vinyl is like just around like you go to any you go to target they have a vinyl section i went to walmart yesterday against my better judgment and i looked and they have you know they have a vinyl uh, they have vinyl like it's all record stores like like you know, any record store you go to, I'd imagine 
that's what their number one thing they're selling is. Oh, big time. I mean, look at just look at like our local record stores, how big the vinyl section is now. Like right. when I remember I remember when Soundgarden's vinyl section, you know, 15 years ago was relatively small. Um, and now it just got they literally just made it bigger like last year. Um, right. And, but it's a uh, it's fun and it's fun to collect. And. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking money, though. Too. <laughs> yeah, like this. And they, they suck you. Also, I wanted to say while we're talking about this before we go, shout out to PayPal. We talk about it every day, paying PayPal, for PayPal, paying for the Menzingers dropped it. Like I said, they dropped the pre orders for the record today. They have a variant, which, uh, you know, uh, on a normal basis, I'd be like, this is way too much money. It's a, it's an alternate cover and it's out of 250 but it was 40 bucks. I'm like, that's crazy. But paying for 10 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it, lessens so, the, it lessens the blow so much. I justify it that way. You know what I mean? And then and once you know that record sold out, like the pre-order dropped, and it sold out really quickly. So, well, so I, shout uh, out to PayPal if they want to sponsor the Harkov Media. I listen, PayPal. <laughs> they can they can go look at our history of our completed pay and fours. They would have. They would. They would have no choice but to sponsor the Harkov Media Sight and Sound podcast. They would, I mean, I literally the fucking twitch and tug. That's what's great. Like, I I wanted, like, oh, I want all three variants of the twitch and tongues re release of fucking In Love There Is No Law. And I want two t shirts. 200 bucks? Oh. No, nah, man. 50. 50 every two weeks. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's, it just lessens the blow. It's not good for, for crazy collector people like us, for sure. But whatever. If it goes away. It'll be a sad day. I'll say that. I I tell them when I do the survey, do paying five, man, paying six. Let's just keep this going. Paying forty eight, fucking. Let me let me fucking just pay on it like a car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we always got to talk about physical stuff because you know, like sport, uh, uh, Jesus, music and and movies because that's what fuels the industries and that we love. So. Absolutely. Uh it's a big part of uh everything that we talk about. But but yeah, man, that'll that'll just about do it for this one. We covered a lot of ground in this. Uh yeah. movies, music, upcoming shit, shit we've seen, shit we've I, picked up, conventions. I do so. have one question. Did you know that and I just noticed this in a, in the commercial for it last night. I didn't pick up on that before that. Nev Campbell is in this new twisted metal show. Yeah, Did yeah, with Samoa Joe. Yeah, like I didn't I feel like I know he's the he's the clown, right, Samoa Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, Sean Chongo had been talking about how he'd been watching it, but he never mentioned that Nev Campbell was in it. Uh, and I saw the uh, a commercial for it last night, uh, watching something, and uh, I might have to watch that now. I don't know. Fuck yeah, Nev, Nevy. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, welcome to everyone. Welcome back. Season seven is upon us. Six years doing this shit since 2017. We're going to be back doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, full franchise breakdown and ranking the films. That's going to be fun. Uh, we got to make sure we coordinate with Chongo and BT so we can do this. I would love to do the 1985 draft because that would be the craziest draft of all time. But I want to see if we can get Dan, Danny from Inked Up, on for that one because we always have great uh, combos with him, especially when he's on the podcast. And I feel like a 1985 draft would be fucking wild because there's so much shit to that would 
everyone was going to want. Yeah, it would be tough. Year of my birth as well. Just what a year, huh? Birth year. Fabulous year. But that's going <laughs> to that's gonna be in the works for sure. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram and X, <laughs> formerly as Twitter, at Hardcode Media. Um, and yeah, check us out. Uh, let us know that you're out there. Um, and yeah, text teams on Massacre. Full franchise uh, breakdown with uh, full rankings of those films coming from us very soon. But welcome to season seven. Hell yeah.